Thanks for listening to today's message. We hope that it will encourage you and help you live out your faith in everyday life. Make sure to download our church app by typing Comox Pentecostal into Google Play or the App Store to enjoy more podcasts, Bible resources, giving options, and more. Today we're so blessed, so, so blessed to have speaking and McCaffrey Postal, and Dave's going to chip in a little bit as well. And since we have so many people who are new to our church family in the last couple of years, let me just give a little brief introduction. I know for many of you, you know who they are. Pastor Dave um, pastored this church family for two decades so faithfully, so loyally. And in two years ago, you guys just celebrated your anniversary, didn't you? They were married, Dave and Anne, two years ago. And uh, Anne has served in this community for decades in ministry and in family and in love. She's also been in ministry in Victoria and many other places. I have long admired Dave as a friend and a co-worker, a co-laborer in Christ and from a distance and now getting to know Anne more and more. Boy, do I sure admire her wisdom, her insight. There was a series we did a few years ago and I used one of her uh, master's papers as a resource for some of our preaching through that series. It was very insightful and very helpful. And so we are so blessed today. Speaking into our series, you've got a friend and me on Mother's Day as well to have Anne McCaffrey Postal bringing the word. Dave's going to come up and say something too, but would you join me in welcoming them to bring the word today? Well, good morning, everyone. It's great to see you and happy Mother's Day. And Laura, if there's any of those hair pieces left over, I, I'll take one, okay? Just what I always wanted. But uh, it, is, it is such a delight to, to be able to be part of, of our gathering today. And a little while ago when Pastor Mike asked if uh, Ann and I would speak today on, on Mother's Day, I, we, we kind of talked about it. And, and then just, well, I guess it was last week, Ann got up at like 5 o'clock in the morning and and she doesn't normally do that. And I said, what are you doing? Oh, she said, I had all these thoughts about, about Mother's Day and the message. And, and I, I, I quickly began to feel that uh, there was something really burning inside of Anne. And there was a passion inside that it needed to be released. And so um, I made a deal with her. I said, how about you take the assignment of the preaching and I'll make dinner every night this week. And, uh, and so... Uh, that's kind of how it unfolded. And so uh, I hope that, uh, that my dinner was as good as what she will share with us today. And so uh, I just want to say I honor Anne, and, and I, I'm so thankful for the, God's gift to me. And yeah, last week we celebrated our second wedding anniversary, and, and uh, you have been such a part of, of our story. And uh, we're so, so deeply grateful to God and, uh, and the fact that our families have come together and there's just so, so much richness that we can celebrate together. In fact, I just want to say, I think it was a year ago for my birthday and she signed me up for, for a daily uh, email and it's from Ancestry.com. <laughs> she actually registered me in the whole Ancestry thing and uh, I couldn't help but think as Pastor Mike's been talking about friendship and, and just the whole idea of DNA. Ancestry helped me, took my DNA, and I found out that I am 50% Scottish. 
um, which is kind of interesting because that's totally Anne's heritage as well. And, but um, DNA, there's no greater DNA, and, and Mike's been talking about disciple, nurturing, and accountability as part of one of the values of our church here. DNA relationships. There is no greater DNA relationship than our families. And, uh, and I know that this is a passion that's burning inside of Anne. And, and so let's just have a fresh appreciation and value of, of, the, of the most important DNA in our lives, and that is our children and our grandchildren. And uh, it's, it's amazing. Can I just pray over Anne? Father, I just want to thank you for, for my sweetie. I thank you for Anne. I thank you for her life. I thank you for the passion that's been uh, refined in the fire and honed in the fires of life. And, and just the value that I see lived out every day as it re relates to her family and our family. And I just pray your blessing upon her today as she speaks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks. I am so glad for the opportunity on this Mother's Day to share about um, Blessing Generations by our life, by our love, and by our actions. I have a question. Do you remember your reaction when you heard the song, The Blessing, for the first time? It's an inspiring song that caught the attention of hearts from around the world, and certainly, you could go on YouTube and watch the 2023 one. It's wonderful. There's 170, 157 countries participating in it. But what part of the song resonated with people's hearts? Could it be that the song expressed in words deep longings within each person to have something of worth to pass along? to the generations to come. Singing this song was a way for people to be together who were in reality alone during lockdowns. And there was a sense of the lonely being brought into families. The words are from number six, the blessing that Aaron and his sons were to give to the people. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. May his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. May his presence go before you, behind you, beside you, all around you and within you. He's with you. He is with you. In the morning, in the evening, in your coming, in your going. In your weeping and rejoicing, he is for you. He is for you. God is for you. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, God's put eternity into our hearts. And each one is created in the image of God. And there's like a hand reaching out for heart connection, for understanding and for blessing within each of us. We long for something of worth to pass along to the generations. I'd like to share with you today some God-inspired ideas about passing along blessing to our children and their children 
and to our extended family of faith here and wherever the Lord takes us. We have the opportunity as parents and grandparents and as spiritual moms and dads to pay attention to matters of the heart, not just behaviors. We have the opportunity to love God and to love others out loud. I love spending time with my sons, my daughter-in-laws, all our grandchildren, siblings, and now I have the wonderful blessing of extended family, and I'm really grateful that friendships with all of them are deep and rich. I was thinking about how important it is for our walk and our talk to be congruent. On my father's 80th birthday, I wrote a poem to honor his life. My dad found himself solo parenting when we, as children, were eight, six, five, three, and one. And I'm so grateful that my dad was faithful to God, faithful to pray a blessing on each one of us daily. He went through the depth of grief and he found ways to live again. He found ways to stay connected with our church family. Imagine having almost five teenagers at one time as a solo parent. This is a few lines from the verse in my poem for my dad recognizing his integrity in what he did and what he said, what he said and what he did. You struggled greatly under a tremendous load of being daddy and mom to your little brood, but going by your bedroom door and seeing you on your knees on the floor spoke to us in a special way that you weren't all talk, you really did pray. Being a Christ follower in word and deed in our day-to-day -day life, it's a wonderful, rich way of being in the world. It's a rich, wonderful way of imparting grace and goodness to the next generation. Finding ways to build relationships, to bless, to honor each other. Our faith and our trust in God can be all-encompassing and deep enough that it works in times of blessing, in times of light, and in dark times. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, we're charged with the responsibility to teach our children. And that requires intentionality. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and mind, with all your soul, with all your, your strength. These words I'm commanding you today shall be written on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, impressing precepts on their minds and penetrating their hearts with his truths and shall speak of them when you sit in your house, when you walk on the road when you lie down, when you get up. This is about doing life together. Jesus took this uh, command one step farther and he said the most important is to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second is 
love your neighbor as yourself. And he said, there's no greater commandment than these. You know, our children catch this. They don't just always know it intellectually, but they catch this as we're loving God, as we're loving our neighbor, as we're giving them opportunity to love and serve their neighbor. Friendships are built as families serve together. I know there's some ideas coming, brewing for, to, um, for families to be able to serve together. Friendships are built as families serve together. You know, the work bees coming up. My dad used to get us to go to all the work bees because he knew that us working alongside other people and being appreciated for our input was a good thing. And you know, some of those encouraging words made a lasting impact on my life. So how do we impart truths to the next generation? Walk, talk, morning, bedtime, spending God time in God's creation is one way. Psalm 19 says, the heavens declare the glory of God. The, the earth shows his handiwork day unto day. They pour forth speech night after night. They display knowledge. You know, getting yourself and the people you care about into God's creation can be a beautiful, rich way for friendships to grow. Each plant, each flower has its own unique beauty, just like people. Each plant and flower points to Creator who planned the ecosystems. And you know the ways that plants and animals depend on each other is a godly principle. Interdependence is a godly principle. You know, for so many years, people were so concerned about being codependent, and they pushed really towards independency, that they forgot about that missed, treasured, biblical way of being interdependent. There's so many scriptures that refer to we and all. Pastor Mike's been talking about we, the together. Many, many cultures allow and celebrate uh, a lot of intergenerational connections. Who knows that there's a tendency to leave till tomorrow? What can be uh, done today? Does anybody have that tendency? Yes, I hear some resonating with that. I've been convicted several times. Uh, Proverbs 3.28 says, do not say to your neighbor, go back and tomorrow, go back and uh, go and come back tomorrow and I'll give it, when you have it with you. You know, I've worked as a spiritual health practitioner, it's the new name for hospital chaplain, for almost 20 years. And after thousands and thousands of conversations, I'm ever more convinced that sometimes we cannot count on tomorrow. Life and living is about embracing the moments Loving well 
even when the objects of our love are not, do not return it. We can ask God for wisdom to know how to build bridges to those we love. Sometimes God gives us creative ideas to accomplish things that uh, we're passionate about. And two things over my life that I've been passionate about is helping children memorize scripture and providing water for communities that um, don't have access to clean water. Um, and you know, even though everyone was busy, Ecclesiastes says, if you wait for the perfect time, nothing ever gets done. So our family did a Love Your Neighbor water well project through Erdo, which is our Pentecostal Emergency Relief and Development overseas. Uh, we did this a couple of years ago. We came up with the idea of kids memorizing scripture and earning a little bit for that and then earning something to put into the well project. And this project was really fun. And all of the, uh, the grandchildren, the grandnieces and nephews, they all started thinking that they could not memorize scripture. And you know, many completed 10 portions of scriptures and all of them felt happy that they had input into a uh, little community in Zimbabwe. Um, they got fresh water. Here's a little picture of one of the grandnieces. I think she was maybe just turned four at the time. Oh, what's please, we to fix? Let, let faithfulness. Let love and? Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Find them on your neck. Wipe them on the tablet of your home. Then you will win faithful and a good name. of God and men. Trust. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean them on your own understanding. With all ways, submit to him and he will make you pastor. You need to bring this home. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we need to bring it home. Uh, beautiful. And the well picture, um, that's beautiful. Um, in the background, you can see the cistern and the, and the well. But it, uh, sometimes our families need to have little projects of working together. Um, our church family has wonderful, wonderful projects of we're all in this together. We're all um, moving ahead. God's agenda in our life, number five there. Um, God's agenda in our life uh, the goal is to bring us to maturity through loving relationships. And loving relationships are the best gift that we can give others. In their book, Hold On to uh, Your Kids, Why Parents Need to Matter More Than Their Peers, doctors Gordon Neufeld and Gaber Mate talks about the necessity of an atmosphere of unconditional love. Love for people to grow up in maturity, and he says that children's peers can never give that kind of acceptance. They can never allow children to grow in their uniqueness. Um, they have to be sort of part of their peer idea, 
and they need unconditional love to be able to grow in their uniqueness. Part of becoming maturity, they, mature, they say, is becoming self-motivated individuals capable of, capable of tending their own emotional needs and really respecting the needs of others. It's a be, about being able to hold on to a goal beyond immediate satisfaction. So research has, researchers have discovered that the fundamental importance, um, there is a fundamental importance of attaching, of being attached to your children. It's the first priority of living things. First Corinthians talks about God's agenda in our lives to bring us from imperfection to perfection, from childish ways to, uh, child, childish ways to maturity, from seeing things in a poor reflection to seeing things face to face. We are encouraged to follow the way of love. So 1 Corinthians 13 says, God's agenda in our life is to bring us to maturity. And I believe that the way God allows for us to come to maturity is in loving relationships. Perhaps that's why God's agenda of bringing us to maturity is right next to these verses on love is. Patient, kind, doesn't envy, doesn't boast, isn't proud, isn't rude, isn't self-seeking, isn't easily angered, keeps no record of wrongs, love doesn't delight in evil but rejoices with the truth, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres, love never fails. so important to let children attach to your hearts, your grandchildren attach to your hearts, the little people where your spiritual moms and dads and aunties and uncles, allow them to attach to your hearts. Blessing is about reaching back towards the generations and reaching forward. We hope that we could all be part of raising little ones up to be all that God has for them to be. Sometimes in our congregation, we get to lend our influence. We get to give a hand up to others. We get to open a door, teach a skill, um, help, help a young person with a learning opportunity. Learning to love people in ways that help them Feel loved is a true skill. I think we're all working on it. Gary Chapman, in his five love languages, um, is a kind of a good place to start. If you haven't read that um, book, Five Love Languages, it's great. Talks about having j the just right gift. Talks about words of affirmation, meaningful touch, quality time, acts of service. There's all different ways that we can love each other and love our families. Words are powerful. You know, often people live out the words that have been spoken over, over them. My dear uncle, 
much loved, had different abilities. He had an unrepaired cleft palate that made his speech really hard for a lot of people to understand. And when he was a youth, my granny went to his high school to advocate for him. And I hope that this would never ever happen nowadays. But then his teacher said, I don't know what you're making all the fuss about. He's never going to amount to anything. And when my dad shared that story with me, he had a little chuckle. And he said, Granny rose up to her full five foot and said, we serve the Lord and God has a plan for him. And yes, he will amount to something. So my granny was right, not the teacher. <laughs> my uncle went on to have a full, rich uh, family, work, community life, overcoming his challenges and really loving God. You know, everyone in our communities, in our neighborhood, they need advocates in their lives that will see the potential in them and commit to bringing out the beauty. I have, was given this little piece of cottonwood bark very unassuming, very unbeauty, not, nothing really of beauty. But along with that, the artist gave me this beautiful carving. Do we have a picture of that? Yes, we do. The artist saw in that unassuming bark something of beauty. You know, in people's lives, we often see the bark where God sees the beauty. And as parents and people who care for little people, let's tune ourselves to see the unseen, the diamond in the rough, the gold amongst the pebbles, and, and call it forth. Mind the gold in them. Learn to fix our eyes on what is not seen. That's a very biblical uh, principle. You know, the words we speak blaze a trail through hearts and lives of those around us. Proverbs 18 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Through words, we can demolish a person's self-worth or build in them an unshakable confidence. You know, we can end up with emotional wounds caused by careless, negative words, and it can take a lot of intentionality for us to meditate on the truths of God, what, the truths of what God says about us to counteract those lies. And you know, receiving spoken, spoken blessings can be a way to heal wounds. Iron sharpens iron. And one, as one man sharpens another, says Proverbs 27, being in community, being in a family allows for endless opportunities to share life and experience of both goodness and offense. How we work through our offenses makes a difference for our families for generations to come. You know, as part of my training, as part of most of the helping, helping professions training, we're required to do a genogram where we go back through as far back in the generations as you possibly can. 
And it's not just about the genes or the DNA, the physical traits that are passed along. It's about um, looking back through the generations and see how people relate to one another. And it can be a really important step for us uh, because as we look back, we can sometimes see destructive trends throughout the generations. And, you know, as we prayerfully bring those to God, we can stop that in our generation. We can grab onto the faith to say, no, this is the way my past generations have um, related to one another that's been unhealthy. No, in this generation, we're going to do it this way. Being aware of it is the first step. And then we can allow, through God's grace, the, um, the ability to work, um, to allow new ways of being to be birthed in us. You know, we have plenty of opportunity to blow it in relationships and walking in humility and saying sorry in a way that a person can hear. Uh, forgive me is a real step in maturity. You know, a friend got a little piece of 60 grit sandpaper about the size of a bookmark. And on it, it said, to my bro, thank you for caring enough to sand off my rough edges. One of my friends had a lot of children, and it was so inspiring to be around her. She was a busy, busy mom, and she always was happy to see her children. Proverbs 15 says, a cheerful look brings joy to the heart. Finding ways to connect throughout the day. Um, as a grandparent, we don't often get to check in with the children every day, but you know, it takes intentionality to stay connected to our child's hearts. Uh, sometimes we've played the game of pits and peaks or highs and lows of the day. It's a way to be able to share what's going on in the heart. Uh, you know, part, whoops, part of uh, where blessings can be passed along is around our tables. There's so many stories about Jesus eating with, with the disciples. He ate with his friends. He ate with the most marginalized people. He ate with the ones who no one else accepted. God cares about nourishing his children physically and spiritually. And you know, especially those who have lost their way. In Elijah, God prepared a meal for Hagar and Ishmael, who had been abandoned. God prepared a meal for Elijah, who had lost his, um, his goal of, and, and his trust. You know, Jesus even prepared a simple meal on the beach after his resurrection, and it was there that Peter's world-changing uh, calling was renewed after he had denied Jesus three times around a fire. Here they were around a simple meal, around a fire on a beach, and he said, Peter, do you love me? And Peter's calling was renewed around that simple meal. 
you know, planning, planning nourishing meals, um, and even preparing topics, preparing our hearts. You know, we can't just be task-oriented when we get together. We prepare our hearts to meet with one another, to connect uh, as friends. You know, hospitality was modeled for me um, by those who choose, chose to include me in their table. And I can say I have been the recipient of hospitality in hundreds and hundreds of homes. And you know, I've also had hundreds of people in my home. And it takes time to prepare. It takes real thinking, prep ahead of time. But you know, sometimes it can be a time where you spend days preparing, getting everything just right, and sometimes it is, let me move this stuff off the couch, have a seat, and share a peanut butter sandwich. You know, it is about sharing what we have when we have it. It doesn't all have to be high and fancy and, you know, a lot of work. <laughs> Meals are... Um, what happens at our table can shape our lives. Meals are powerful symbols in our memory, and someone has to make the meal happen. Preparing a table is about being intentional in the work of making space for another human being. And I would take it a step farther. Coming to the table is not just a meal where you eat together. It can be riding up on a chairlift with a person. It can be snowshoeing. It can be playing together, shooting hoops. There's different ways to prepare your heart, to open up your heart, to connect um, the people in your life with yourself. You know, part of hospitality is um, listening. It's a good idea to have a no-media zone during meals so that those around your table can really listen to one another. I can see on the screen, maybe you can't quite see the word. It says listening. <laughs> James 1.19 says, Be quick to listen and slow to speak. Jeremiah God talks about his listening to us. He said, then they'll call on me and come and pray and I will listen to you. Psalm 116 says, I love the Lord. He heard my voice. He turned his ear to me. In Peter, it said, 1 Peter 3, it says, say, um, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer. You know, we worship a God who hears. Let's be a listening people. Part of that song is praying for blessings of God's favor for generations. There are over a hundred scriptures referring to God's favor. And this is part of the blessing, may God's favor be upon you. You know, recognizing the small and the large ways that God's favor has been provided for us 
and being openly grateful for that favor is absolutely profound. Teaching gratitude as a life coping skill is really hard to come by in our culture. Disconnect is marketed daily. You need this, you don't have this. A marketing strategy is to tell you that what you have isn't good enough so that you'll buy their thing. You know, the contentment and gratitude for what you have is a beautiful counteracting to that in our culture. You know, when I was working in Vancouver um, with the downtown Eastside patients, I felt really humbled. As a woman started sharing her story, she'd been homeless and she told me her story of God's provision. She said, my husband and I were visiting a new little town and we had no place to stay. And we walked up through that little town, there was no place. My husband was so worried and she said, but I know that I knew that God had provision for me. She said, we walked back and there it was. It was a fridge box. God had provided us a fridge box to stay in for the night. And you know, I just felt I was on sacred ground with such profound gratitude for such a small favor. I had a uh, visit with an elderly saint this week. She's lost many parts of her life in the last few months, no longer able to drive, not, allowed to, not able to live at home, not allowed, able to be with her husband. She's even lost her ability to walk very far. And you know, after deeply grieving and lamenting her losses with her over the last uh, weeks, she's become very intentional about being grateful. She told me this week that being grateful for what she has, not just grieving for what she has lost, is helping her come to peace. I have a funny mummy story about gratitude. My boys, David, Christopher, and Sean, were all in the back seat of the car. We still had hours to travel. They were all grumpy and squabbling. And I said, okay, that's enough. And trying to change the atmosphere, I said, okay, everybody say five things that you're thankful for. Well, Sean reluctantly began, and Chris very unenthusiastically followed with five, five things he was thankful for. And then David, who was about five or six at the time, said, I have more than five things. And he started rapid fire listing the things that he was thankful for. And by the time he was up over 200, all the boys were laughing. Gratitude is wonderful. The habit of gratitude is a way to pay attention to the favor and the blessing that God is giving us. The power of a blessing, the gift of blessing. There, ways, there are ways of imparting blessing. One is through praying blessing scriptures over the ones we love. Another is a time of speaking blessings. There's a wonderful book called The Blessing by Gary Smalley and John Trent. If you haven't read it, it's a wonderful, solid, scriptural um, how-to 
on how to offer blessings. The elements of the blessing, of each of the blessings in scripture are a meaningful touch, hand placed on a shoulder, a head, a hand held, a spoken word, attaching high value can counteract the lies that we hear in day-to-day -day life. Part of the blessing is picturing a special future and there could be a little bit of a prophetic in that picturing a blessing future. And also an active commitment when we're blessing people, saying, I'm here, I'm with you, you're in my heart, I'm in your heart, we can do this. You know, I've helped uh, seniors write blessings for their family, so it's never, ever too late to learn how to bless people in our family. That has been a transformative experience for both the writer and the receiver. Can you imagine, here they are in their 90s, writing blessings for the next generation to come. Absolutely transformative. You know, learning to praise scripture can be part of building friendships within our families. In prayer, creative ideas can come for knowing how to bless and love our families. You know, I've prayed blessings over my sons and their families all their life that God will give them keen insight, wisdom, understanding, the ability to solve difficult problems, the blessing of love, loving and being loved, that they'll be led forth in peace. Just you can even think of some of the scriptures that you would like to pray over your family that God will supply all their needs according to the riches and glory, that God has begun a good work in them and will complete it, that the Lord is their shepherd they shall not want, that, God is the, that the God of hope will fill them with all joy and peace so that they'll overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let your favor be upon them and establish the work of their hands. Yes, God, establish the work of their hands. As we grow in our friendship with God, we gain capacity for loving others. Jesus blessed his disciples when he said, greater love has no one than this, to lay down his life for one's friends. I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I call you friends for everything that I learned from my father I've made known to you. Friends love. They have words of affirmation. They spend quality time. They have meaningful touch. They serve one another. They give gifts. They pay attention to what is important as they embrace the moments keeping people attached to your heart. Dave and I were visiting a church a while ago where I met a confident little three-year-old boy who was so secure in his parents' love. He came up, he shook my hand, and he said, Hello, my name is Max, and I would like to introduce you to my friend, Daddy. Isn't that what we all want? 
to be friends with the most important people in our lives. God, we pray that we'll be your friend. Let our children be your friends. Let us be friends with each other. Have mutual sharing of purpose, camaraderie, support one another in building up healthy ways and pass along blessings to generations to come. I'd like to pray a blessing over everyone today. If you'd like to just have your heart in a posture of receiving. First, I'd like to bless the moms who are right in the messy middle. May the Lord continually refresh your soul and guide you along the right paths for his name's sake. May God bless you with enough stillness and silence to gain the courage you need May God bless you with insight to prepare your children for living abundant life in Christ. May God bless you with enough strength commensurate with all the duties you have to perform each day, that the eyes of the and the ears will be attentive to make a difference for generations. May God bless you with creativity to attach children to your hearts. For the rest of the congregation, may the Lord bless you in your family and community relationships. May the Lord provide you for you in extraordinary and ordinary ways. May you hear God's voice as you attentively listen to the possibilities that God has placed in each heart. May the peace of God which transcends all understanding. Guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. May you all be blessed with loving homes where human flourishing can happen. God bless you. Would you join me in showing appreciation to Anne for bringing a word of encouragement to our hearts. As we conclude today, I'm going to invite our prayer ministry team to come forward right now. And maybe something in our time of worship or the word that was shared specifically spoke to you. Maybe it's just the Spirit's work in your life. You have no idea what's going on, but something's occurring in your soul, and you just need somebody to pray with you about that. We would love to pray with you today. As we go and as uh, there are, it feels like, did you ever get to go to the dentist and get a treat out of the treasure box. That's what the ladies get today. Guys, again, Father's Day, it's going to be good, I, I, I hope. Um, there's fun stuff for the ladies. I want to just pray as we conclude. Father, thank you for your work in our midst, in our lives, in our hearts. We ask that it would continue. It would be ongoing this week as we go into your world on your mission. We declare our dependence upon you. We need each other and we need the anointing of your Holy Spirit. Strengthen us. Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Amen. If you need prayer, please come forward. Somebody would love to pray with you. Please also go and enjoy treats and goodies and good weather today.
Thanks again for listening to today's message. We hope that it encouraged you as you live out your faith in everyday life. Make sure to download our church app by typing Comox Pentecostal into Google Play or the App Store to enjoy more podcasts, Bible resources, giving options, and more.